All right, welcome to the Los Links Talk Show. We are back for another episode um, about this season, and uh, as we do every single uh, episode of the program, we have to bring on uh, an esteemed guest, someone uh, who uh, know the, knows the links very well, someone who's in the, the links orbit, if you will, and uh, today we are we are happy to have a uh, Links Dynasty Los Links talk show first timer right here on the podcast. Um, somebody uh, who who actually used to work for uh, the Minnesota Lynx and the Minnesota Timberwolves, and uh, is is a Midwesterner at heart. Um, she's a Gopher alumni, um, even though she grew up in the Chicagoland area. You know, she she's a big Lynx fan, and uh, right now she uh, works at uh, at uh, Bleacher Report. She works uh, with the social media team there. Welcome to the show, uh, Meredith Minko. Welcome to the show, Meredith. Thank you so much. What an intro. I'm actually surprised this is my first time on here. That's right. I know. I feel like, uh, you know, we, we've uh, we've crossed paths in the past and uh, now it's it's finally time. So, um, you know, you're, you're a very notable uh, Lynx fan, Lynx supporter, WNBA enthusiast all the way around. And so it finally finally just had to do it. Uh, makes all the sense in the world to get on here right now and uh, talk to you about the Lynx, how they're doing, um, all that kind of stuff. But uh, first, we got to know a little bit more about you and kind of uh, your background and stuff. So why don't you, uh, why don't you tell folks sort of uh, what, what you're up to these days at, at uh, Bleacher Report and, and sort of, you know, how you got into uh, the WNBA specifically, uh, you know, growing up here in the Midwest? Oh, yeah. Um, you said a lot in the intro. Uh, but um, so, yeah, I'm in the Bay Area now in Oakland, um, currently working for Bleacher Report, um, doing social strategy, um, actually helping uh, lead our women's sports initiative, um, trying to expand coverage and um, pushing WNBA. And now with the Olympics coming up, like track and uh, gymnastics and all that. Um, I've been at BR for almost five years now. Um, and I, before that I did, like you said, internship with the, um, Minnesota Lynx and Timberwolves and, um, was there for a year and a half, um, and kind of switched my allegiances from the Bulls to the Timberwolves. I'm taking a break from the Timberwolves for my mental health. Um, and, (laughs) uh, and then, yeah, Lynx fan, um, was just kind of fell in love with the team working a season for them. And, um, that was in 2016. And since then been trying to advocate as much as I can for the WNBA and the Lynx and, um, try to do my part, my small part in expanding coverage for women's sports. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's important. I mean, we, t- we talk a lot about uh, self-care these days and, you know, avo- uh, avoiding <laughs> the wolves for, you know, a certain amount of time can, can uh, certainly be that. And actually, that's, you know, as a, you know, I do a podcast about the wolves, do a podcast about the Lynx, follow both very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that is a nice uh, part of the natural flow of the NBA and WNBA is that all summer you just get a nice palate cleanser of a, of a very competent organization <laughs> um, with with, uh, you know, some of the best players and, and 
you know, just just a very refreshing um, sort of change up for a while. And, and I, f- I feel like it really sets you up to be ready then uh, for the disappointment of the fall um, and beyond. So, exactly. um, you know, it kind of works out nicely like that. So I, f- I feel like you, you've got the right idea there. Um, but, w- you know, what about when you were working uh, with the Lynx? Uh, you know, I just was listening to a past interview you did talking about Maya Moore and getting to work with her and stuff like that. But what do you remember from that time and sort of, you know, what, what were some maybe some things that happened that kind of inspired you more to be like, oh, wow, look at look at this. Look at the link side of things or, you know, this is this is really special what they have going on here. Yeah, um, kind of like what you were saying before, like I started um, with the wolf season. So I went through a full wolf season. Um, and at that time when I was there, um, KG was mentoring um, Kat, Wiggins and Zach. Um, and the team was really fun, but they weren't uh, racking up wins as very common for the Timberwolves. So um, it was super fun to work that. And then once I got to link season, I just was, I've said it before, but I was just blown away by the energy um, from the fans and the players, the organization, um, how, yeah, how competent they are. Um, Cheryl, um, arguably the best coach in the WNBA um, and GM now, I feel like. Um, yeah, just the difference in energy from the fans um, working games just kind of made me like do a double take. And I was like, oh, shit, this is something special. And I feel really lucky to have done the internship during towards the end of the dynasty. But um, in that time period um, and yeah, just up close kind of saw I think the links have it um, the best one of the best like uh, WNBA sides in the league in terms of like NBA and WNBA under one umbrella. Um, I think like with um, resources and their gym that they uh, practice in and stuff is the best, but I also was able to see a lot of um, differences in equality between NBA and WNBA. So um, all those things mixed together, falling in love with the team and how loyal the fan base is and how loud they are um, mixed with seeing also the inequality around the league. Um, made me kind of attach myself to that um, and hop on the bandwagon, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, that that definitely you know makes a lot of sense and and is something that you kind of hear a lot of you know people you know I guess even just like fans and stuff that you know before you know if they just see it from the outside you know they kind of have one idea but then if you're if you go to a game or two it really can transform your whole vision of it just because oh how God. intense the fans are and sort of the culture around the team um, you know it's you know relatively speaking it's still kind of small but man is it is it is it ever mighty you know it's a great uh, great experience. To check out the team in that kind of way whether you're just a fan or working for the team or whatever it's it's pretty eye-opening yeah. because i think it's, it's uncommon crazy. for any any pro sport um to have like a, a fan base like quite that loyal like that right yeah you can't really like get a feel for it on tv i guess it gets really loud in there but just being in person just going to a game uh yeah geez they're they're yelling the whole time fans are um you see the same people kind of like a community everyone seems to have um relationships with each other like friendships and um even the players like get to know a lot of the fans it's just really special 
Yeah, it's definitely that that community feel. You you definitely get that, and yeah, it's it's again with the size being a little bit smaller, and again, it's growing. It's one of the best fan bases in the WNBA as far as size and all that. But um, you know, again, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, it's just like yeah, you you recognize the faces. Um, a lot of these people have been around a long time, and it's like you get you just have that. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of um, sort of uh, what I see from afar from like Premier League soccer almost or something like that, where you have mm-hmm. these super intense fan bases that um it's almost just like they've just been there for so long it's like this family atmosphere and um the intensity is just so high and and i think also lynx fans are um it may be uh they're kind of buoyed or inspired by the fact that they are um you know they are you know the advocates they are the ones who are going out there and you know trying to recruit more people and it's kind of like they're in on this sort of secret thankfully that secret is becoming uh much more well known but i think that's a part of it too is like you feel like an ownership of like a when you're a WNBA fan because it's not the most popular thing on the block you're out there like trying yeah. to make it bigger and so I think that's like a cool part of being a W fan for any any team as well is that it's this kind of underdog mentality that you want to spread throughout uh, the rest of sports exactly and that's how I feel um, working in um, for a company that is dominated by um men's sports like I kind of found um like a community within the WNBA then WNBA Twitter as well as like the way I look at it is it's not it's not like a charity in any way like they're trying to get away from that like being advocates and um being a fan because you're able to like lift a league up but it's really cool to get um on the bandwagon before everything started to move um to be as big as it is now like just watching the progress um and from my standpoint and working like when i'm pushing wnba highlights on our br page or um pushing any type of women's sports stuff i feel like i'm making some sort of a difference um and then i look at it like obviously i cover nba as well but i look at it as the nba has all the marketing they don't really need james harden doesn't need me to like push his highlights to make him more of a household name. But when I can put um, someone like a Sylvia Fowles, who is very underappreciated um, and many people, casual NBA fans don't know her name. If I can put that um, on our national page, I feel like I'm kind of helping to gain exposure for the league. And it makes me feel like I'm making some sort of difference in sports. And I think that's kind of what you were describing with, fans as well like they kind of see themselves as advocates for the league and it gives you kind of a sense of importance that you're you've found something that's awesome and not that many people know about and you get to play a part in growing the league I guess yeah that's that's really a nice part and it is it is very inspiring to kind of be around other people you know who who also have those same ideas and also kind of want to push things forward and it's it is a big part of you know it's it's kind of what I'm trying to do and it's obviously what you're doing and Mm -hmm. it, it is um it's exactly what you said it's you look around and you're like everyone else you know all these other men's leagues like they're they're all set like they don't need any more fans yep. like they don't need any more help with all these things but then you look at the WNBA and they do need more coverage and it's not it's like you said it's not like a pity thing or whatever it's like 
there's a there's it doesn't make sense how good the league is versus how um, little it gets covered. So it's like that yeah. sort of inequality is really stark. It'd be one thing if it was kind of a rough league or something like that, and it's like oh okay maybe not. But like the mm-hmm. the, the the game and the basketball is so um, top notch that it just doesn't make sense that there's not as many, um, you know, fans for it and things like that. So that really, you know, I guess that helps. It's like, this is not right. There's an inequality. Obviously that's what women have to go through all the time. And, you know, uh, you know, people of color and and queer people and stuff like that. So it's all kind of jumbled in there, but, um, that, that, that's all just, just helps. I think people like us, like try and push this forward just to get even, even one or two more people on board is such a huge thing. Cause once they see it, and then they become like uh, fans and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell my friends about it. And it just keeps rolling. But um, that's, exactly. that, that's what we want to do. But continuing on this thread, um, I don't know. I, I think it's really important that you are someone who, you know, you have you have your decision maker. I mean, I feel like Cheryl Reeve talks about this all the time on her podcast or in interviews where she talks about, um, you know, trying to change the tide of, of decision makers out there. And that can be a lot of different things, whether it's, you know, bigger businesses looking to sponsor the WNBA or um people you know at espn or other other programming um directors and stuff like that choosing to put the games on but even for bleacher report you know in in your position i think that's huge that there's someone like you who's there who can really push this um you know the women's women's sports in general but especially the WNBA forward because you know the other side of it too it's not like you're a women's fan only or something like that like you're very well mm-hmm. versed in the NBA side as well and, and other sports and beyond that. But yeah, and you can um, sort of bring the WNBA or, or try to bring the WNBA up into that level. Um, so, so just what, what else is happening over there at Bleacher Report? What are you trying to do? I know about your uh, about the highlighter account. Um, tell folks about that. And um, just just what are your what, what types of things are you, are you doing right now or are hoping to do in the future um, from the Bleacher Report side of things to help elevate the W to be um, closer to on par with the rest of these leagues? Yeah, um, it's like super exciting time um, for us. Like when I started four or five years ago, I was one of the only people who knew the WNBA and we weren't really covering it. And I think it's because um, the rest of the people on the team just didn't know much about it. And sometimes when you don't know, like, it's like me, I don't, I uh, came on at BR. I didn't know anything about football or baseball. And I was scared to tweet about it because I didn't know, I was afraid I would get something wrong. And I think that's just what it was. It's not like any, um, the like sexism or anything, why we weren't covering it. But I think um, I came in and uh, recruited my friend Matt Sinoyan, who um, is one of our graphic designers and kind of showed him the W and he fell in love with it and he went like gung-ho of making all our graphics for BR um, just kind of kickstarting that getting us resources and stuff and then um, in the last like two to three years um, we went from it basically just being me and Matt working on stuff to having like a full team um, Jackie Bamberger is on the our moment side and she's in charge of all the um, long-form projects and we have like people on our social video team um, Instagram stories um, and then Ari uh, got brought on I think two years ago now um, to kickstart highlight her and um, she started out being the only one on the team um, and obviously she's incredible and is the busiest person I've ever met. So 
Um, she's been able to get Jasmine um, Brown, who does a lot of programming. They have, they're building up a team. Um, and then I, I have like kind of a new role where I'm in charge of bringing content over from their side to our national page um, and then like tagging in them and stuff to try to grow their fan base and stuff like that. So um, just having the sub brand, the women's sub brand has been huge. And like I said, like the growth of our team of people covering and the resources we're getting as time goes on, like it's just super exciting. I was super excited yesterday. I got to post like two WNBA things in a row on our Instagram page, which like doesn't seem like a lot, but that's like, 200,000 people liking something where like maybe they hadn't seen it before and now they do and they're interested and um yeah it's just our team of people now that we have working on women's sports stuff is really awesome and uh super exciting yeah that goes a long way even even though it seems small now like you're saying it goes to so many more people than it would you know a year ago or or you know whatever so i think i think yeah it's 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 growth so that's that's all you have to look at it as and and yeah the page uh is um is it's bleacher report right? it's the highlight highlighter um page it's like a sub sub brand of house of highlights is that, yep. is that bleacher report yeah, yeah. So it's an instagram page so hi- under- yeah talk about that a little bit yeah so we're um house of highlights is our like um brother account or sibling whatever um and then under that umbrella is highlighter which is the women's sub brand of house of highlights so we're all under one umbrella um and just trying to promote highlight her as much as possible and now they're getting i don't know if you've seen ari host a segment on nba tv because um our vr is owned by turner and um there's just so much women's coverage over across the board. That's so cool. Yeah. So we'll have, uh, we'll have the highlighter um, account linked in show notes. You can check that out there. And yeah, it's just great. It's just great that, you know, again, I'm not saying that you you were the sole reason for all of this, but uh, in some ways it, it had to start with you being enthusiastic about this and spreading it to other people. And, you know, you can sort of chart, just like, oh, yeah, when we got going, it was like this. Like you are saying, it was just a couple people, and now it's this bigger team. And I feel like that has to be the mentality, no matter if you're just a fan sitting in the seats trying to get one other person to come with you. It's like that's how it has to be. It's 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 going to be a, um, you know, sort of a snowball effect like this, you know, where mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 maybe at the time it doesn't seem like it's growing fast. But then you look back over the last few years and you're like, dang, look where we started. So I, I commend you for that. And I feel like you, you and Ari and and your whole everyone over there is doing such a good job Ari Chambers obviously um so make sure you check out what they're doing over there it's growing fast and uh it's also just inspiring right for for me or just for other people who are listening to this trying to think about what they can do to help grow the league or grow the links or whatever it's just like you can do small things and if a lot of people do some small things then it goes a long way so um make sure you're uh, whatever it is out there people do you know everyone does different things i make podcasts you know you're a photographer and a social media guru so we all do our things like that to to help grow the league but um speaking of photography we got we got to talk about it you are (laughs) one of my favorite photographers uh 
um, just just incredible photos. Um, you know, it's just a great combination of just hoop stuff, uh, Bay Area neighborhood shots, and then some incredible <laughs> um, portraits as well. I mean, you got the you got the whole range right there. So um, how, I don't know how did you get into photography and sort of how are you um, now kind of using that as part of um, this idea of growing women's sports and women's basketball and, and how do you kind of put the the photo side in, into all this as well? Yeah. Um, thank you so much. It's very nice. Uh, I, yeah, I take just a ton of photos every week. Um, and I think I've probably logged more than 10,000 hours, uh, in the last, since I moved here. Um, I was doing it a little bit in Minnesota. Um, I used to drive to St. Paul, uh, every Friday before I went grocery shopping and like the little houses in St. Paul, um, <laughs> are like very uh, Wes Anderson-y, which I get a lot of inspiration from. So I used to drive around there. Um, and then I moved out here and everything is just so beautiful. Um, I'm really obsessed with colors and all the buildings here are so colorful. I've found so many different, I try to hunt for like basketball hoops. Um, and I've, there are a ton here. It's crazy because San Francisco is pretty small, but I find new things every day and um, found a ton of hoops that I've just kind of stumbled on. I don't really like people ask me where they are. And a lot of times I don't know because I'll go out on these walks and just walk for the whole day and just kind of get lost and stumble on stuff. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that, um, since I was, well, I've liked photography since I was 16. Um, my dad bought me a camera and, uh, just kind of like went from there. And then um, I got started shooting games. I didn't get to shoot any games when I was working for the Lynx and Wolves. But um, once I got out here, um, I like covering the league. I noticed that like there were a lot of stories um, from WNBA players that people didn't know about. Um, obviously, they have like different careers outside of the sport, which is sad and also makes them super interesting. But I kind of looked around and. I wasn't really submerged in the community yet. So I didn't know that I didn't think that many of these stories were being told. So, um, just for fun, I wanted to do this thing. Like, uh, I had some connections just from, um, trying to grow the game and a lot from Twitter, um, and gotten contact with some players, um, and wanted to do like photo series, just following them around, um, and showing their personalities like on and off the court. Um, and I started doing that two years ago uh, I did one with Jordan Canada and she was super nice and got to hang out with her for the day and then um, they let me the PR people let me shoot the games and they used to let me sit right on the court which was incredible obviously with COVID um, I got to shoot my first game last weekend the first time in two years um, so yeah I did one with Jordan Canada and then gave some stuff to Slam that was before we had our women's sub-brand account so Slam and then um, from there, I think I met Lexi Brown and then we did something this past summer. Um, and then have just, uh, covered Liz Cambage at all star. Um, and she was just so nice. Um, so I trying to do some more stuff with her and then, um, it's super, they're super accessible and grateful for coverage. So I'm just trying to like spread stories through Twitter and photos, which is like what I like to do. Um, and I also noticed just from trying to cover the league on social Getty has an awful array of photos for WNBA. There's like nothing 
Um, and I've been able to use some of my photos for BR and um, Matt, our graphic designer, has sometimes incorporated those. But uh, yeah, I, like I said, got to shoot two games last weekend. And um, it's just like, it's an, I'm not very good at shooting games compared to a lot of other people. So it's awesome practice and then exposure for um, the league. And I've just had a really fun time with that. Yeah, the the photos are great, and that that's cool. I mean, it's great that it's it's growing in that kind of way, and that you've got you've made it all the way to yeah, being on the court. That's exciting. You're you're back in the arenas, <laughs> shooting photos yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, as you know, that's that's how you get better. You gotta get out there and just do the thing. So that's exactly. uh, that's excellent that you're that you're back there doing it. But yeah, make sure you check out um, Meredith's uh, uh, photography um, on. Uh, you know, she has a website, uh, Meredith Minko, uh, uh, Min, uh, Min Cow, excuse me, photography.com. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes. And then the Instagram page, of course, Mer Minx. Oh, wow. uh, I'll link to all those. And, <laughs> and geez, so much there. And you can buy prints of, of Meredith's stuff on her website and lots of good basketball stuff and hoops. Yeah, that's funny that they you, you don't even know where the hoops are. You got, I guess you got to look at your your what, your EXIF data, right? That, that'll tell you where it exactly. is, right? <laughs> you just have to yeah. look back. Sorry, I got to wait till I get home. I can look at the, the, you know, the metadata here and tell you where I was when I shot this hoop. But yeah, that's great. Searching yep. out hoops to find pictures of hoop, that is great. Whenever I see a hoop, I'm taking a picture of it, no matter where I am generally, right? It's just, I just love the size of a basketball hoop. You you got to do it. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. Well, um, yeah, that, that's great. And what about uh, so? Yeah, I remember we, we met. I think uh, first for the first time two years ago in Vegas uh, at uh, at All Star, and and um, I remember. Yeah, you were doing. You were following Liz around. You were so busy chilling with Liz the whole the whole uh, the whole weekend. <laughs> what that must have been fun. You said she was great to, to hang out with, but you know, for for the Lynx side of things, like if you could do that same sort of follow around for any current Lynx player, like who would you choose? Would you go? Would you go classic with Sill or or, or Nafisa? You know, sort of, you know, one of the best players, or do you have someone else in mind who you, you like their personality or you like their their uh, their vibe or whatever that you choose somebody else instead? Who who would it be? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I am a huge Nafisa fan, um, and yeah. I've met her a couple times, and she's so nice. Um, so definitely, she would be one. And then I have a shoot lined up with someone on the links. Um, but I probably shouldn't say just Ooh, in case we'll there's any chance later. that falls through. Yeah, but, we'll find out um, later. That's 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 what's called a teaser. You know what I mean? Like you just put it out there, and now everyone's listening is just waiting for the for the feature to drop. <laughs> yeah, and then I really love um, Ariel Powers' game. I I'm super upset that she's injured, um, but just like the energy she plays with is seems um, it's infectious and. She just plays so hard um, and obviously has super into gaming and stuff. So I would love to do one with her as well. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. That would be fun. Well, wait, uh, I have a question for you. If yeah, you were if, if you were able to follow um, someone on the links around, who would you pick? Oh, that's great. Um, hmm. I mean, can I pick Cheryl? Is that is that count? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that counts. That's that would be a time. That's pretty much all my my answer because you know for you it's you know I feel like you have the, with photography there's like some more directions you can go and it can be like okay we can you know there's some more lifestyle type of things and you could you can do a lot with it but if we're talking about me like interviewing someone or, or just like doing that like Cheryl by far is the most like revealing and 
open with the media and that kind of stuff. And she's very, um, yeah, she's just very willing to like go places and give you really good stuff, you know, whereas other Mm -hmm. players sometimes are a little more bottled up or they don't want to talk about it or or whatever it is. So I don't know. I just like the accessibility that you get with Cheryl, obviously with her own show and all that stuff. She, she's, uh, she understands the power of just getting, getting the information out there and getting the, you know, just entertaining everybody. So that's who I'd have to go with. Thanks for asking me a question. Oh yeah, you never know what you're gonna get with her, so right. you might get yeah, might yeah, get a Cheryl bomb or something. <laughs> yeah, Reeve bomb. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, all right, well let's uh, let's pivot to uh, talking about uh, that team, that Minnesota Lynx team that we are speaking of, yeah. and uh, how they're doing right now. So um, as we uh, speak right now, they're they're right in the middle of the pack, right? They are uh, they are sitting at seven and seven. Um, and it's funny because there, there's a number of teams. There's one, two, three, there's four teams who are exactly yeah. 500. And then there's two teams on either side of them who are just one game away from 500. So it's interesting. There's kind of a, a big, thick middle of the league right now. And then we got like one or two teams on the top and on the bottom. So kind of an interesting situation for the league right now. Seven and seven. The Lynx are eighth in defensive rating. Uh, uh, excuse me. Yes. Sorry. I think I have that backwards. Yes. They are eighth in offensive rating, seventh in uh uh, um, defensive rating and uh, that gives them a seventh in net rating so again just even in the net rating even in the advanced stats they're right kind of smack yeah. dab right in the middle of the league too so that's uh that's pretty much where they are um uh we have uh, we have injuries to uh like you like you mentioned aerial powers and um natalia chanwa as well kind of unclear about how long those might be powers did have the the surgery um, on uh, on her, it was like a thumb injury, but it was like more of like yeah. a li- ligament that she had an issue with, so had to do the surgery. I think there's optimism that she will return sometime in August. Um, kind of nice, I guess, with the Olympic break coming up, but they'll have this this off time, you know, a month to heal or whatever for those who are injured. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll be able to see her back um, sometime, you know, middle middle of August or something for the stretch run. Uh, I'm not sure on a Chanwa, um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think about how the team is playing right now? What has stood out to you recently? And um, yeah, what's what's just stuck out to you, whether it's a positive or negative thing about uh, the last few weeks weeks of uh, Lynx basketball? Yeah, well, I think the last few weeks have been a lot better than yeah uh, before that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting because looking at their record seven and seven, like you said, like exactly 500. If I didn't know, I would probably think that they were lower than that. Um, just be, I think it's just because there's always such high expectations and like, especially this year with all the big name um, signings, I think I, I, I mean, I always say every year that we're going to win a championship, but <laughs> I thought that <laughs> I don't want to be negative, but I, I definitely going into the season was predicting and then obviously there have been injuries, but like even before that, we were struggling. And I think like something that I think with every single basketball team, NBA or WNBA, like people kind of jump the gun when there's the, I mean, I don't even know if you would call this a super team, but like this, the agent free agents we signed um, and the players we already had that are really good. People just kind of assume that everything's going to gel and that it's going to work out right away. And I think like this year has been, yeah, frustrating so far, but we have injuries now, which can make excuses for the record for that. And then like 
I just think it's going to take time. I'm realizing like if this team is healthy next year, um, I think we could be a lot higher in the rankings than be among the top teams, but um, it's definitely been so far a little frustrating and underwhelming, but I think Lasia, the addition of Lasia, like completely turned the team around. I know we've, I think we won last game, but we lost a couple, but um, just her and their play, like it just kind of re-energized the team. It seemed like, um, and then all the hardship signing like up and down it, the league with the CBA. I don't know. I just feel like it's been really hard for all teams. Um, I mean, obviously this guy, I've had a huge trouble with that, but I think that's just kind of a distraction thing that kind of, uh, might affect the team itself, but yeah, mostly injuries and, um, people just not really gelling together yet is what I'm getting from it. What yeah. about you? Yeah, you would have thought, I guess, by now that things kind of would have come together a little better, and and they have in some ways. I mean, obviously, they started losing four in a row, so like you mentioned, things have improved since then, and they've they're now seven and three in their last ten games since then. So you know that mm-hmm. that, that is slight improvement, but yeah, you do see that. I feel like you see that in the inconsistency of the team, right? There this year, they've generally been a team, or at least for the last few weeks, where it's kind of been lose one, win one, back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you know you see that inconsistency, or just like I think. I think the Dallas set is a perfect example of, you know, the, yeah. they, play, they play two games in a row back to back against Dallas um, in Dallas. And, you know, the first game they looked uh, wonderful and were, you know, a totally rejuvenated team, especially after getting their butts beat by the sky a few days prior. But then, you know, they come <laughs> out a few days later and they just totally get steamrolled by by that same team, yeah. by the wings again. And so, um, you know, those inconsistencies, I think, are, you know, kind of also to blame here or just kind of, again, when you're 500, that's exactly what it means you're you're super inconsistent you one night you win yeah. the other night you lose that's kind of the definition of it so um but a lot of teams are in that boat and i think that's interesting too with what you said about the roster changing um and you're seeing that around the league with all the uh, player movement, which I think is really good for the league, but it also can lead to this kind of thing where you have um, a lot of, well, we can't really even tell what this team is right now because they're still kind yeah. of trying to come together and so many new faces and the injuries and all that. So, yeah, I think um, I think the Lynx have done a pretty good job with, with the hand they've been dealt. And it's just a matter of getting all the people together at the same time. But, yeah, Lasia has <laughs> been incredible. I mean, they came in here and, and really, you know, just I think the main thing that Lasia has brought to the team is pace, um, you know, aside yeah. from her defense, too, is just like the fact that, you know, just just pushing the ball up the floor and getting the links into easy stuff. We, we kind of know that that's where they're at their best. Their their half court offense isn't uh, isn't great. That's that's been a you know, that's been a thing for a long time now. It's pretty easy to, you know, kind of back off and, you know, get and sit down into Sill's lap and make it hard for her and muck everything up. So if you can yeah. get into transition, if you can run and play with pace, then all of a sudden, you know, that becomes, uh, you know, a little bit harder for the defense to do. But um, but yeah, Lasia has been fantastic. And uh, it's so funny how like this point guard situation is just kind of weirdly worked out for the Lynx the last few years, right? Like, think about last year in the bubble with, with yep. Dangerfield, you know, she kind of came out of nowhere. She was really playing due to people being injured. And now this year, uh, you know, you bring in Clarendon to kind of do that. She's, uh, you know, literally a, uh, you know, a, uh, like a, what do you call it? A roster exemption or an injury exception. Uh, yeah, uh, hardship. Signing, yeah. A 
hardship. And I think she's now on for the season. I think, you know, they'll do everything to keep her around as long as they can. But it's just funny how that's just worked out two years in a row at that same position for the Lynx. So just like we thought it was going to be one thing, but then something else happened and it turned out to work great. So I guess that's that's a show reef magic, right? You said she's the best GM in the league. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think it's, that's pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking at our points per game and we're fifth place for points per game and like when you look at the roster i mean last year we had um like you said like people just kind of pop up um crystal and then like bridget carlton was huge in the playoffs and the regular season and dantas who um i don't think i mean she hasn't really done as much this year as she did last season but if you just look up and down the roster we have so many people who can score it's just a matter of like figuring things out i guess Yeah, and then we've had uh, the last two games. We've had the, uh, you know, we have to talk about the fantastic uh, games from Sylvia Fowles, uh, right? Oh, my just, gosh. Just, just back-to-back uh, monster nights and, you know, just like just wild stat lines that, um, you know, that not many people can put up, you know. It's just, 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 just crazy. I mean, she's leading the league in steals. She's like fourth in blocks. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and she's getting her, you think she's fourth and rebounding uh, per game and stuff like that. So Sill's really bringing it. And I think that's important because it's easy to forget this, but that was a question mark kind of coming into this season um, yeah. after, you know, she missed so many games uh, last year with the strained calf. So, you know, it's a uh, knock on wood, but it seems like Sill, you know, uh, you know, physically anyway, is, is going to be okay for this point of the season. And she's made it through this first month where things might've been chopping. Now, I guess she, it's going to be a long year for her. She's got to go to Tokyo. <laughs> she's got to do the, she's got to do the Olympic thing. She's, she's playing yeah. full, full on where the rest of you know, the rest of the league gets to, you know, take a little month off here. But, um, but yeah, what, yeah. What, Sill has just been everything and more. I mean, it's it's sort of, you know, maybe not quite to the level of like where LeBron is at, where it's like, oh man, how does he keep doing this year after year? It's He's 36 or whatever, but Sill is getting up there. She's one of the, I mean, I guess Tina Charles yeah. is too. Tina Charles has been one of the best players in this league too, and she's one of the older players. So I guess, uh, you yeah, know, in sports, you, can keep getting, you keep getting better as you get older, but what have you seen from Sill recently and, and what really stands out to you about the play of, of, uh, of the best center of all time? Hell yeah. I mean, that game the other day, like 30, 19. Against against your girl Liz. Against your girl Liz. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's just like, I don't know if you talk to anyone in the league, she's yeah. I think people are in agreement that she's the best center of uh, one of the best centers of all time. And probably this year, like you said, Tina Charles is uh, playing really well. Um, But yeah, still it's just like, also, like you said, not quite a LeBron because she's been um, injured and then like not inconsistent, but sh- this level of play is just like uh, she's on another level. And I think that they need to go to her, like you said, as much as possible while she's still like putting up these insane numbers. Um, yeah, hopefully a lot of ice baths because, yeah, no, <laughs> no break for the Olympics. But um, yeah, having her knock on wood, like you said, healthy for playoffs, like, I really do think that we could maybe do something kind of like what we did last year in the playoffs um, and kind of surprise people. Um, Cause by that time, like you said, maybe AP will be back and um, there will be more of like team chemistry and stuff like that and kind of make waves in the playoffs last year. I remember watching uh, Sue's interview after they, um, 
beat the Lynx eventually, but saying like that was the hardest team they've played in a while, like gave them a run for their money. And they definitely did um, and kind of came out of nowhere, uh, I would say, probably. So I'm hoping this year, if everything like falls into place with still playing like she is, that we can kind of get it together for playoffs and shock some people. Yeah, I think like we were talking about before of sort of a number of teams trying to put things together, I think that'll be the idea for uh, many teams around the league just to like get to the playoffs, be healthy, um, maybe don't worry so much about seeding and just get in there and just hope to be playing your best ball at that time. And if you can get obviously it's tough in a one game, one game situation, kind of anything can happen there. But if you can find yourself in one of these series then maybe you can, yeah, you can surprise someone and, and uh, you know, win and in, in get get the right matchup in a series. So, yeah, I think it'll be a year like that. Again, we might have, might have Seattle and Vegas uh, still way up at the top. I think there'll be at least a couple other teams who could see themselves being in the, think of themselves as the final finalist team. Um, mm-hmm. and Lynx, Lynx certainly could be one of those teams. Um, but uh, in, instead of looking that far ahead, let's just look at the next uh, little stretch of games here before the Olympic break, the Lynx um, have uh, five games remaining uh, before uh, before the Olympics kick off or before that break starts, really, before the All-Star break um, at Phoenix um, for the next two games. So a little little uh, little uh, series, mini series right there in Phoenix. Uh, and they come home to play Dallas and then go back out on the road, oh, West, uh, West Coast trip to play Vegas and Los Angeles. So a pretty, pretty tough uh, stretch there. Other than L.A., those are all teams, I think, that have a winning record or a 500 record. So you're looking at some uh, some challenging games. There are a lot of road games as well. That's always uh, difficult now in uh, arenas with fans in them and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I guess beyond the matchups specifically, what uh, what do you hope to see from from the Lynx here, um, you know, here to, to try and, uh, you know, get some wins and, and really set themselves up for that, that, that those games after the Olympics, right? So that's kind of what this is about here is yeah. getting through this healthy and really setting yourselves up for that last month of games. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's ideal that that Sparks game is the last one before the break. Um I watched the Sparks play uh, live last weekend, like I said, shooting the game. And they're an interesting team. They have a lot of talent. They just haven't really seemed to put it together. So in terms of that, I mean, yeah, Mercury, Mercury, Wings, uh, Aces is going to be really tough. But if we can get a couple wins in there and then get a win right before the break, gain momentum and stuff. um, That Wings, not to go like – into detail but i'm really surprised by that wings team i really like them a lot um they're so fun to watch but they're super fun um and i don't know i think the funny thing about the WNBA, i think it's getting more predictable about who wins uh actually it's getting less predictable about who wins um each game because before i feel like there was such a um gap like teams were either stacked or they were really bad and now we have so many good teams in the league that on any given night, I feel like um, it's not an automatic that the better team is going to win. If that makes sense. Yeah. You can't just look at the, who has the most all-stars or who who has the best post player in this game. Like that's how it used to be in the W is it was so post heavy. And now there's so many more dynamic guards and forwards that can really change these games that, 
Yeah, and like you said, I mean, we know it. We know it well. The the league is stacked with all these players that you know can't even make a team right now. Like, or on the end yeah. of the bench uh, team, you mentioned Lexi Brown. Like, she she's having a hard time playing even that much, and she's a really good player. But there's only 144 slots, and there's just so much talent in the league. It's pretty wild, and obviously, expansion's a whole other thing that most people want to see happen that needs to happen. But as it is right now, it's it's pretty tough out there. And like we said, there's that that big middle uh, where there's just a lot of solid teams that fancy themselves better than they, than they think they are right now and um, they're certainly playing that way so yeah it would be good to um, yeah just just to, I think to be able to get three out of these five games potentially to, to be able to go into the uh, um, Olympic break being on the you know on the upper side of 500 and feeling good I guess that's really the main thing as long as you're healthy and feeling good about how your team is playing going into break I think that would definitely go a long way so um, yeah we'll be looking forward to those games and yeah I guess I just want to see more more of this Sil- Sylvia Fowles play. I mean, I think that's been incredible, and I think Nafisa has been great too. I think she's been a yeah. little over- overshadowed the last few games by the numbers that Sil's been putting up, but Nafisa does her thing every night, and it's not as many points, it's not as many rebounds, but she fills out the stat sheet um, like and, like no one else in the league. She gets to the free throw line a crazy number every every night. Um, you mm-hmm. know, she she just really does it all, and she's fantastic defensively as well. So I don't know. I think I, I think she's really coming along uh, too. She kind of started off hot as well um coming off her season in europe so um i think they're they're in a good place as long as they can remain to stay healthy here and um yeah i think even if it's kind of this 500 ball for a little bit like we've been saying they just gotta keep keep chugging along and keep being healthy and keep adding pieces and adding confidence to this team and um you know i think things will um continue to trend upwards but yeah, like you said, it's tough. Any, any, there's a whole, there's so many teams in here that can beat you on any given night, and um, and uh, it's the the Lynx got got to battle through all those teams to get through it. That's it's going to be an interesting uh, little stretch here coming up. Yeah, I'm hoping that um, Kayla too. I was looking at her numbers, and she's pretty equal to what she did last year, but she obviously dropped off um, from that one really strong season she had in Vegas um and I'm wondering like if she kind of catches a rhythm um that could be huge for us and yeah just staying away from injuries Nafisa like you said it's just so consistent um and yeah riding the sill wave for as long as possible we should be good we should be good, yeah. And, and shooting is a tricky thing. The Lynx have they they are a better shooting team than they have shown this season. And the thing mm-hmm. about shooting though is it actually you can be you can have the most skilled shooters in the world, and there is still luck involved. Like uh, you know, so I think the the Lynx have been a little bit unlucky with those shots going in to this point. Yep. And I feel like there is some the 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 team will will be continue to you know raise up to the mean or whatever. They will be a more average shooting team the rest of the way out. Or Above average because they just can't keep shooting like this the rest of the way. The, t- the shooters are too good, right? So I think you're going to see that have an uptick a little bit, and I think McBride definitely is someone who's primed for um, you know a little bit of improvement this year. She's getting good shots. She's confident. She's playing hard. She's doing all the right things. The shots just aren't going in. So hopefully uh, we can see some some of that change here for her. Um, all right, we got to wrap this thing up. Uh, Meredith, really appreciate you being on the show. Um, as we mentioned, we got got everyone that you're on Instagram. You got to go check out 
highlighter. Um, that's uh, that that's a you know women's sports uh, highlights on Instagram, uh, Meredith's uh, Twitter. Um, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, Twitter and Instagram. You want you want to get you want to get on both of those, and uh, make sure you go to uh, uh, Meredith Minko uh, Photography dot com and uh, and uh, check out a print. But you can buy a print from Meredith. You can hang in your house. And um, anything else, Meredith, that you want to plug or uh, point people to, to where they can uh, find you or your WNBA coverage this year? I think you got it covered. You did the, I should just bring you around with me to do it all. I know. I'll, I'll hand people the business card and then I'll, um, and then I will (laughs) um, show them how to follow you, follow you on all the stuff. And it'd be great. Just a voice memo. I'm voice memo of that whole thing, and I'll just send that out. I see, perfect. Yeah, and then we'll all take a photo <laughs> together, and it'll be great, and it'll look beautiful. Um, but exactly. pre- appreciate your time. Thanks for all your WNBA, WNBA advocacy and uh, Lynx fandom. You're always very um, positive um, on Twitter about where the Lynx are going and what their championship odds are. So we need to have that. It's very important. So thank you for for being one of uh, you know one of the most important Lynx fans out there. And I uh, can't wait to see uh, what, what you do next on Bleacher Report and uh, behind the lens of your camera. Oh, thank you so much. And you too. One of the, one of the most important, important fans out there. There we go. Media. There we go. Appreciate you saying that. We're doing it together. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Meredith. Have a good day. Thank you so much.